0: To the Winging at Podcast How to Build, Maintain and Totally Own a Career That You Love. I'm Lucy Hitchcock and I want to help business owners and career women learn something new and build a life around a career that makes you happy. In today's podcast, I went to Wimbledon Art Studios to visit artist Sophie T, who you may follow on Instagram. I've been watching Sophie paint early mornings and late nights, travel around the world. All from Instagram stories since the beginning of the year, which I think is one of the things that makes her so relatable. And that's one of the things I love about Sophie is that she's relatable and she wants to make art accessible to everyone by making her prices affordable and still making it work financially. In today's episode, we're talking about Sophie's career that isn't following the typical path of an artist. And she's sharing some tips on how she found her niche and how to price yourself in a competitive market. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entel app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. So, in your own words, who are you and what do you do?
1: Okay, I'm Sophie T. I'm an artist and I operate solely on Instagram. I aim to make the art industry a less elitist and more involved place to be. I really want to make as many people as happy with my art as possible. And for that, I try and keep things accessible by allowing people to pay for their work in monthly installments with no interest. And I think that's my point of difference
0: it is oh. I love putting stuff on finance yeah
1: I <laughs> know I mean it's not finance so you don't have to get approved
0: so can you talk us through your career from like the beginning so like what's the <clears> first, <throat> first job you had like I want like a shit job
1: okay first job I ever had was a paper round, age 13 which was illegal and I had that job until I was eighteen, Hannah, who works for me over there, is my best friend from home. And I used to be like, "Han, can you just come round for a sleepover tonight? It'd be really fun. It'd be really fun." And then in the morning at like six a.m., I'd be like, "Han, like, please, be doing my favour out." Um, I then used to work in a bakery, local bakery. I always say that I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so resilient because I remember my boss was just um uh was very hard.
0: I feel like we all have a boss that's like that. I used to work in a one retail store. And the manager was such a bitch that after two weeks, I was like, it was like peak Christmas season as well. It was like my first job during Christmas season. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I don't need this. I'm out of here, hon. Yeah, I mean, Millennium. yeah.
1: Yeah, we're all very entitled nowadays, aren't we? But no, back then, I feel like I was just like working so hard, could never impress her.
0: Um, so what happened after that? You worked at a bakery? And then uh, how did you get to where you are now?
1: Well, then I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> went
0: to school after the paper round. <laughs> yeah,
1: every day. And then I studied um, business and art and uh, English at college. And then went on to uni and wanted to do art, but then realized that you couldn't make any money as an artist. So decided to study business. Did four years of that. Had a placement year at GSK, um, the pharmaceutical company, but I worked in the consumer healthcare division. So my job was brand manager, not brand manager, like assistant brand manager. No, not even that. The lowest of the low. Or yeah, I don't know what even what the... Intern for Aquafresh Kids. Oh. Yeah, the toothpaste, um, which was... I mean, I had a brain, and I just like was so bad at the job, and I just couldn't work out for the life of me why I wasn't why I was just so bad at it.
0: Okay, so then when did you decide it was time to do something different?
1: And then when I I was applying for grad schemes, and I was applying for all kind of um, yeah, normal jobs, I ended up getting one as a consultant in the city, and then I went to India before I was due to start the scheme after I graduated. And um I remember there was this hostel with loads of graffiti on the wall and I asked the manager if I could paint on the wall in return for a free stay. He said yeah, and honestly, like that Did was Did know if you're any good? No, like I don't really know why he let me to be honest. I
0: should really try that in all the hotels I go to. I mean to yeah, me yeah,
1: I mean don't ask, don't get, like I'm still a firm believer of that. Like if like if someone messages me like and the quote, don't ask, don't get, is in it somewhere, I'm like yeah. the answer is yes. Yeah. Um but I painted an I painted a big um picture of a cow, a multicoloured cow, and then from that moment really I realised that I needed to pursue a creative path and uh, I don't know, I think it was my experience at G S K being really bad at it, um, that made me that made it an easier decision. Also, I really wanted a job at um Accenture and I didn't get it. It's a yeah, it's a big consulting oh, yeah, firm. Yeah. Um it's like one of the best. It's kinda of like Accenture Deloitte. Oh, okay. There.
0: So you didn't get the job.
1: Didn't get the job, and I think that everyone's like, "Oh, that you did such. It's very brave of you to have gone and just like taken a plunge." But I think the thing that was brave is I just wasn't going to settle for something I didn't like. Had I have gone to Oxford University, had I have got that perfect grad scheme, I'd probably been a very different situation. I just didn't settle yeah. for second best. Um, so I was just like, I just want to be the best at something, and. So yeah, I just gave art a go. It's been, it was hard. It was really hard for the first two years, like no money. Like that whole like ego thing of you just wanting to be the best at something was just like pushing down on me every yeah. single day because it just wasn't manifesting itself. But I mean, obviously, still not the best. I do you but...
0: think sometimes though, when you well, when you go and start something on your own? When I when I left my job to do um, social media for other people, mm-hmm. I was making money, but like. I was living at home, so I didn't really have any outgoings. Um, but I think everyone thinks that when you leave, you're like, oh my God, you know, all these people on Instagram, they've started a business, it's amazing. But they're doing so well. Um, and I can just start and make loads of money from the get-go. But actually, like, behind the scenes, before you get to that point, yeah. there's, like, so much hard work and struggle. And, like, it is, it is a struggle at points, especially when you start. Definitely.
1: I mean, I remember... I had this. I rented this room, it was £350 a month in London, which obviously is, like, cheap for up north, but, I mean, expensive for up north, but cheap in London. Like, yeah. it was a whole, like, and I just had, all I did every single month was just pray that my art would make enough money to just cover that rent. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's so many times that I was just like, why am I doing this? So I was up to, like, 3 a.m. And then for a client to still be upset or, like, you no, know, because it was all commissions back then. So basically people would say, oh, could you paint this picture of my dog? And then I'd like do it for them. And it was a lot of a high pressure situation. Like I was missing out on social events because I just didn't have the money. My friends at the time honestly carried me through. Like they used to pay for every single night out just because they knew I needed a break. And yeah, it was tough at the start. I finally threw it now, thank God. But I don't forget that that could definitely still be a thing again very soon. And that's kind of what drives me to keep innovating and keep doing the late ones and keep my head in it
0: yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a challenge to like sustain what you're doing
1: it is because like especially with art you're you're selling something that no one needs and what is what is to say that someone's going to buy it at that moment in time that you need there's so many other factors that contribute to people buying it so it would be like things I need to like um put a sense of urgency in the process because you know, I could go out of fashion tomorrow and it'd be, like, not cool anymore. So, I don't know. I think, I mean, I've had a late night last night. I can't really speak right now. And this is, like, probably about as raw and classic me as you'll get. But, like, it is it is hard. And you always have to constantly be ch- thinking and changing. And especially with social media as well, you have to share that entire journey on social. So there's no time that you'd ever switch off. Yeah, um, yeah I'm on my phone replying to messages at, like, 2 a.m. in the morning. Like, Han, did you see that? Like, me just, like constantly on it so i love it like complete flexibility i could definitely just like go away tomorrow if i wanted to and still sell work because you know i could like write it off for the business and it's like all part of the journey and it's great but like yeah it's it's a lot to um it's very full on
0: so how did you start building your following on social media because i think a lot of people a lot of people are interested in that because obviously if you're selling a product yeah that's like well obviously you sell your stuff solely on instagram things go in seconds literally <laughs> like i'll be scrolling through my stories and you'll post something and you're like this is for sale and then the next one it's like sold it's like <laughs> gone
1: i know i know it's mental well, at first i made that shit up like obviously like i was just like said to all my friends like please like message on the comments to say i that's want that's a this. classic one on the
0: questions when you're like guy you, um, ask, ask me a, a question, question about having yeah. So I, can, uh, so I can just post it back. Yeah,
1: then. I mean, luckily for us, I have fake made myself a fan account and I have four staff full time. And we, um, I just ask, they're anonymous, aren't they? So we just ask the questions that we want. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's all smoke and mirrors and art. I mean, we do sell a lot, a lot, a lot. However, like we've still, with any business, you still need to like keep up that, bravado of demand um especially in the art industry especially in the art industry and I think that's also tiring because it's like oh like a lot of it could be lies a lot of it could be fake but actually it's for a bigger purpose like that's how that's how all the famous artists have done it yeah um yeah it's interesting though very interesting it's like branding in its most pure form I think being an artist and um I'd say that it like definitely consumes about 50% of my time Thinking about the next business strategy rather than painting, which again probably shouldn't be the way round. It should be as I grow as a business and grow as an artist. I'd like to diminish that percentage that I'm thinking about the strategy and start like actually kind of um, doing art that means something to me. And this is why this whole nude um, transition is so important. Button my face. Yeah, literally, like right behind us. Um, it, because it is actually. Um, there's a story to tell behind it and there's something there's something more real behind the work rather than just it being a pretty pattern that I know will sell yeah um so yeah I'm I'm maturing as uh as an artist and it's it's fun
0: um so wait hang on let's just talk about these news for a second because Mm -hmm. we are literally surrounded by boobies and bottoms and um which my mum
1: was like they're not going to sell so if people don't want boobs in the house she's wrong they do yeah
0: I'd have they that my house. I mean, I, I don't have my own house right now, but I would.
1: <laughs> Neither do I. Long way off that. <laughs> I keep spending it on dresses.
0: So wait, so, right. Okay, so you were in Bali. Yeah. That's right. And then you were, like, Googling pictures to, like, of nudes. To, yeah. To paint. Mm-hmm. And then you said, can you send me pictures? And you literally just got thousands of photos of naked bodies. Exactly.
1: So I took my team out to Bali for this kind of new... Um, Uh, new change of art I used to paint abstracts and I've done that for a year and a half
0: these ones yep
1: um and we went there and what I did was I was just scouring the internet and just like seeing trash online when I was searching naked women I was just like wow like surely like I can pull together some like real pictures of you know real women and I just thought you know I've got this amazing Instagram community and it's testament to the loyalty and I've built with them because I yeah I was sent over a thousand images of naked women yeah it was amazing and honestly one of the most humbling experiences as well because every single one came with a a story about why they felt it was so important for them to share it one of them um, said thank you so much for allowing a situation where I was able to have a non-sexual, relation, non-sexual naked experience with my boyfriend because he just took pictures and we were discussing how great um, oh my, how my body was. Or had another one that said um, my mum recently um, passed from breast cancer last week and I've had both of my breasts removed here at the scars. Um, yeah, like all shapes, sizes, races, colostomy bags, mastectomy scars, self-harm scars, stretch marks, amazing.
0: I just, I feel like Instagram is really just changing the way that people, what actually to begin with Instagram, everyone was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to find this fitness people. Yeah. Like, I want a six pack too. And now.
1: this movement. Yeah. It's just like. Accept yourself. It like, It doesn't yeah. matter
0: anymore. And everyone's unfollowing the people that make them feel like shit and yeah. actually just like feeling more empowered. And yeah. the space is like hundred percent changing, which is super cool. Yeah. I agree. One of my friends runs a swimwear business. Mm. It was like a sustainable swimwear company and all the models they use are all different sizes. They've had like, they've had girls with colostomy bags. They've had, um, you know, their swimwear runs up to size, I think it's 18 or something currently. Um, but yeah, they get all these amazing like women with different stories in to like amazing tell the story. It's just, it's... I love that
1: because like, what are we doing it for? Like what, what's the point? Like we just all want to feel happier. Yeah, yeah. Not shit. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs>
0: um, so I want to talk about a bit about pricing um, because I mean historically, before I followed you, I was like, oh, like you can only go to these galleries in Mayfair and buy these um, pieces of art that you hang in, I don't know, Soho House in LA, and they're going to cost—I God knows how much they yeah. cost. They don't even put the prices online. Like it's almost like a secret club that you can't join unless you, unless you're like an elite. Yeah, exactly. It's like an old boys' club.
1: Yeah, which is kind of exactly what I noticed within five minutes of deciding I wanted to be an artist and it's exactly what I decided to not do within five minutes of being an artist. Like just wasn't you. Yeah. I'm just I don't know. I just think that like I'm not from a wealthy background. Like my parents like still, you know, wanted to enjoy original art in the house and like didn't have a didn't have a channel to do so. And you know, just I think the interesting thing with us as well, and this is what I mean, a few galleries approach us now to um, <clears throat> to be represented by us, and I say like I'm very flattered. But our market is quite different to most galleries, and that is, we sell to twenty five. Our, our main market is twenty five to thirty five year old women and men, pre house or maybe first house, pre-baby, their they're millennials that have never thought that they could ever afford original art before. That is a huge market. That is a market that doesn't typically, like, enjoy the snobbery of the oldie-worldie, um, you know, the traditional art market. And, they, they're, uh, and just, they're a group of people that really do care about this whole body positivity image and, like, making the the future better and i don't know i just thought like why do something that someone else has why try to do something that someone else has done and do it badly which would be sell through the galleries so it was a no-brainer for me and it's been really fun understanding how to how to market to them because they're so open to new ideas and new marketing strategies and it's, it's but also fun on
0: instagram you can you can shape what you do next by asking exactly but already want to buy from you which I think is really cool if you went through a gallery I mean I'm not sure yeah if you'd even be able to ask it like what would you want what do you want next
1: I mean and in, in one of my favorite experiences of being an artist is like speaking to my customers and I fall well like in the gallery that's taken away because you know the gallery is the middle man and the artist is seen as kind of this you know in a separate room like you, there's no communication between yeah. them um so being very close to my customers the best thing yeah like they're involved in every single decision I mean I'm in love with the Instagram story poll thing because I'm just like this or this all the time yes um and then Instagram polls yeah I mean and I always use it for
0: um I always use it for like what boots should I get the black or the white yeah the black and I'm like haha I'm gonna get the white (laughs) and then I get loads of messages like
1: why did you? Ask I, I said
0: the white. <laughs> I said the white. I was like, you didn't. You
1: said, you said the black. That's <laughs> so funny. Love, love a good poll.
0: This podcast is not sponsored. So I thought, what better way to help more businesses out than to shout out some amazing women doing some amazing things. This week, I got a message from a lady called Amber, and she said that she's such a massive fan of the Winging It podcast she says i discovered this back in january and have since had the confidence to start two businesses one of which became a creative agency based in kent girl after my own heart i've also recently launched my own candle brand called rosie this is based on mental health as i had many friends struggling and wanted to create something to uplift them but also look super chic on a coffee table this is where rosie came to play all candles are vegan friendly and infused with essential oils which is great for relieving stress and anxiety i have come from a fashion background so fun packaging is a must for me as well as keeping the product and brand feeling luxury but affordable rosie is an e-commerce only brand with the hope of expanding into wholesale so far the feedback has been so great and it's such a lovely thing to gift someone if they're going through a tough time or even because it's got a fun quote on that reminds you of your best friend All of the quotes are supposed to make others feel inspired to not give up. You can find the candles at com, and you can find them on Instagram at rosyrosy.candle.co This is really cute. She said, thank you so much for making me ballsy enough to start this and my agency. I left my job in London to start everything and it's the best thing I've ever done. I mean, Amber... You're smashing it, babe. And also, can I just say, these candles are stunning. Like, they are the Instagram dream. You should really go and check them out. Not being paid to say this, they just look really cool, and I want one now. Okay, so pricing. How did you, oh, how did you know like, how to price yourself? I mean, did I've just been
1: it? making it all up as I go along, to be honest. I started at £250 um, pounds for uh, A3. My reasoning for that was, my rent is three fifty. If I sell two of them a month, I can have the tiniest bit left over to actually survive. So, like, let's aim for two a month. Don't know why that came out like that's just how it was. But I made sure I've always like decided to do in the early days. I decided to do less and do them well because I wanted to build up a portfolio of quality work rather than kind of um, distributing shit, which is just. I just never 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 compromise your art by that i say if anyone's starting out don't compromise and within reason but don't don't buy a crap canvas use good paints only because you can really tell and the consu- I think the customer even if they had no idea about the art industry you can still tell and having that pride in your work is very important when you're going on to sell it because it's all about confidence and all about feeling that that piece is worthy of that amount that you're commanding yeah. so that's a very like important factor um so I started off with 250 and then to be honest I've just kept increasing it along with demand Yeah. so um I used to have this little trick that every six months I'd just increase it by 20 percent um at the rate of that my business was growing and then
0: I don't know. It's all... It's... I think sometimes you get to a point as well when you're like... I mean, you you work like super late into the night. And I think sometimes you just want to think like, what am I doing it for if I can't... You know, you can't... Yeah. physically can't do everything. Like if you need to employ staff, all of that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean... Uh, we obviously make a great profit, but I pl- plough it all back. So it's not mm-hmm. as if like we have a load of money in the bank account that I'm making off all these paintings. Like you've got to remember, v- like when you earn above eighty five thousand pounds, you got to pay VAT. So like that's twenty percent of your revenues. It's corporation tax. Pay pensions and staff. There's lighting, heat, uh, studios. We've got we've got a studio in Sydney, a studio here. We used to have two studios in London. We've cut down now. Um, just so so uh, materials. Like so we expenses. had we yeah. had a chocolate. A show called Chocolate, and on materials alone we spend about ten grand just on art materials and It's like it's all of those things need to be considered, obviously, but that's all those things obviously increase when you're scaling, yeah, I mean pricing is all always a difficult one. I still want to be this an accessible artist, which is why I don't really like having at the moment having my prices. So high that the installment repayment would be more than 300 pounds a month. Yeah. So I tried to keep my highest, um, ha- my biggest, most expensive piece at Below. that times 12, yeah. um, for the moment. Um, only because, like, uh, my market initially started with friends, and they're obviously all my age, and you know, would. we're not profession like high up in our jobs yet we're only just getting going we're getting there but I'll definitely grow with my audience and it's all about word of mouth anyway so their friends know about it, and their friends friends know about it but that's kind of why my um, market is our age because um, you know it's just word of mouth so I really want to grow with my audience when they have a bit more money to spend and therefore when I'm at a point in my career that I can command those higher prices because my art means more or I'm more technically able then I will increase my price. But I mean, it's all, it's all done very intuitively. Yeah.
0: I think sometimes you just have to do, do it intuitively though. Mm. It's like, I, I'm reading a book at the moment. I literally talk about this book all the time. Yeah. So I'm, I very much enjoyed it um, because I'm not actually a book reader at all. So basically it's the only book that I've read. (laughs) Really? That's funny because I never read. Yeah, Yeah, um, No, literally never read. Um, It's called Open Up, The Power of Talking About Money. And it's just really well written. Um, There's lots of like stats and things. Um, But one of the chapters is on like going freelance. And there's basically a whole load of things she says in there. Like, you know, when you start out, yes, you're going to have to charge less. But then as demand increases, so does the price. But then it's one of those things where... I mean, certainly for me, because I'm a service-based business, people are like, oh, how much is this? And you tell them and then they're like, oh, I didn't really want to spend that much. And, you know, I've got expenses to pay. So sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go with your budget. But then you get to a point when you're like, actually... You can't. You can't do it. You've You've got to just say, actually, no, because, you know, for for one website that I would charge x amount for if two people said that their budget was I don't know just for example a thousand pounds each you know I could have built a one person's website yeah the same amount of man hours for twice the price if that makes sense so um it's just one of those things you just get to a point where you're like I can't do it anymore
1: it's hard when I was starting out a little tip I did because I didn't want to because obviously when you start it's your friends that you're selling to essentially because you don't know anyone else and you've, your platform isn't big enough yet and obviously it's the most amazing thing that they're supporting you but you don't want to have that conversation it's cringy like oh like you don't want to have a face-to-face conversation about the money side of it so what I did is just make a separate pdf and just send that in an email so kind of the money side of it face-to-face of via email you're not stumbling over your words which typically I think as women we would do as well oh no sorry about that oh if it's too much don't worry about it you know yeah. it's taken out of that situation if you would just have it on a separate pdf
0: yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
1: Well, I do that really now. Yeah. And you just say, please stay attached. Yeah.
0: Um Yeah, I think that's actually a really great tip. That's a great tip. So, you've travelled, have you travelled, I feel like you've travelled around the country and the world this year.
1: I know, it's been a bit mental. Did you, a,
0: did you do a show in Sydney as well?
1: I've done three shows in Sydney this year.
0: Oh. I wrote down the thing, I was like, I couldn't really <laughs> if you did one or not. I literally feel like you're on the pace all the time. Yeah, I know.
1: Well, my partner's a pilot.
0: So you did... London, mm-hmm. Manchester, yeah, that was like within the same week.
1: Yeah, that and was then intense. And then
0: Sydney, then Bali.
1: Okay, so I've done start of the year London, LA, Sydney, New York, London, Manchester, Sydney, Bali, London. Boom. Yeah,
0: smashed
1: it. It's been quite a year. It's been great. Yeah.
0: Do you get stressed out? Uh,
1: yeah. 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 A lot. I'm quite a stressor. Are
0: you? What do you do when you're, like, feeling stressed? Work. Do you? Yeah. Does it make you feel better? No. <laughs> no. I mean... What's, like, your... if? Okay, if you had to, like, say, right, I need to slow down, I need to go and do something for myself, what would you do?
1: Uh, okay, so my partner's a pilot, so basically I work intensely when I'm in London, and then when I go and see him wherever he is in the world, I will literally not be on my phone the entire time and just like do nothing for like four days and then i'll come back to london he's actually the only person i can switch off with which is weird but he lives in sydney
0: but that's actually really nice because yeah you get to spend all your time together
1: yeah it is good it's hard because like we've been in a long distance relationship now for four years (gasps) oh my gosh yeah that is a long time Mm -hmm. um it's kind of worked with like my business
0: this is what I think. I think sometimes, like, well, you need someone that compliments you, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's good. We go on some epic trips as well. I
0: mean, it works. I mean, there's days, like, sometimes
1: I just want to just not stay till late and just go home and, like, just snuggle in bed. But I think the fact that I've just ha- not had that option with him, I've just pushed through till late hours and probably been, you know, more productive over the, over the past four years than I would have been without. needs to stop at some point, though, but right now i'll keep running along
0: okay so i always ask people at the end of an episode what app because you're not running business without and you can't say a social media app every and also everyone says something different every time
1: what app could i not run my business without uber sorry uber (laughs) uber definitely i take at least two a day like at least every single order that's in london that want it urgently just put it in uber that's probably about five times a week.
0: Okay, and I ask this at the end of every episode as well, which is, do you have a favourite, like, motivational slash inspo quote? Or, like, it's just something that you live by. My one at the moment is, um, you'll always end up where you need to be. It's like when I'm feeling shit, I'm like, fucking hell. Like, okay, we're on the way. We're going somewhere.
1: My favourite quote is, one day or day one. So, basically, I have so many people coming up to me, yeah, I want to do what you do um, one day and I just need to wait until, you know, my boyfriend does this. or I need to wait until some of money comes through the house. or I need to wait until like, you know, I move out of my family house. Like there's no perfect time to do, to start up a business. There's no time. And I think it's just a case of pressing go and um, making a move towards what you want to do, even if it doesn't end up being what you want to do. Um, because the first step is the hardest, but it's never going to be the one that you, it's never going to be kind of the path that you continue to go down because somewhere down the line someone will say, you know, the product that you're producing is wrong and then, you know, you have to pivot your idea. So it's just making a start. That's why I like that quote.
0: I'd agree with that. I would really agree with that because I think a lot of people say to me, oh, it's really like, oh, it's really cool that you're doing your own thing. Like, I wish I could do that and I wish I could do this. And I'm like, but you can. Yeah. You literally can. You just need to sometimes like granted when i left i was living at home like when i left my job i was living yeah. at home so like it was easier for me um but i think sometimes when you drop yourself in the deep end you know that like shit i'm not i haven't yeah. got any money coming in it's actually like there's actually something quite like sickly exciting yeah about that. you're like yeah. how are we gonna live this month
1: <laughs> i agree <laughs> who
0: knows tune in next month to find out if <laughs> i still have a home
1: <laughs> yeah i agree yeah
0: well thank you so much oh, i think you're inviting me to your studio i don't think anyone said that on here oh i'm, I'm in the studio
1: yeah you're in the studio the
0: famous studio it um, is gross oh i was wondering where the sign was that said 50k on the floor so yeah you've hidden it
1: yeah i know i felt a bit obnoxious as soon as i did that because just so, so many people came in and was like how much was the floor and i was just like i'm just gonna have to put an end to this for some reason i got it in my head that i found that one line so annoying which is bad isn't it people are coming into the studio i'm like welcome they say, how much is the floor? And I'm just like, dagger eyes. Like, Not
0: no. for sale. <laughs> um, but yeah, go goes everywhere. Well, yeah, thanks for um, coming on. Where can we find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram. So at Sophie Tea Art. And the tea is like a cup of tea. So T-E-A.
0: Is that your actual surname? No. <gasps> okay.
1: Top secret information. Top secret. Well, I can tell you guys. Um, basically, when I was applying for grad schemes... I didn't want the recruiters to then stalk my Facebook and see that I was just getting smashed all <laughs> weekend. So I changed, my real name is Terry. So I changed it um, to T on Facebook and then like four years later after I graduated, um, yeah, it just, just stuck. stuck.
0: Mm-hmm. You're like one of those celebs who, well no, one of those celebs, like most actors have like an acting name and then a real name. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah, That's me. No, joking. That's who I am.
0: Um, and your website is
1: www.safetyart.com
0: Boom. Cool. Well if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Oh. Comment. Yeah. Review.
1: Like up oh, like da Share it. Share.
0: And tell, tell a friend. Tell a friend. Call them now.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you can find me at Lucy Hitchcock underscore. Thank you.